Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Today y Manana. I'm Alex. This is Michael. We're very excited to have you joining us this morning on a, on a cold morning. Very cold. Here but in it's Charlottesville, winter. Virginia. That's why I tell people. I said, listen, it January is. is usually, in my opinion, the coldest month Charlottesville gets. Mm-hmm. Maybe sometimes a little early February, but listen, we just bear down. Like you say, you get your hot coffee, you sit by the fireplace if you got one. If you don't, exactly. sorry about that. <laughs> Stay by, sit by the do. heater. That's what you do. So you and, just got to... Yeah. Just gotta see see what's happened, you know. See what's see what's out there, and yeah, get warm. Perfect time to go ice skating, really. Exactly. You could go in any uh, driveway or whatever, and it's there's any little <laughs> ice you could ice skate. Just, well, I saw I actually saw some kids like sliding down a hill mm-hmm. recently, so they're uh, yeah. the kids are out there enjoying. I, I have a bad habit of every once in a while when I'm walking and like on the gravel or granite, whatever you call it, cement, every once in a while you get that black ice. And for some reason, I just have a habit of I just want to put my foot there. Cause so I just, do I. Yeah, because it's just so slippery. You're kind of like, wow, feels, it just feels weird. Yeah, you, but you should like one foot on it and just feel how like mm-hmm. smooth and slippery it is. Yeah, but it does remind me of certain times. I remember when we used to go to college at PVCC and I had mm-hmm. to walk from one building to the other. And it was a long walk and I had to kind of walk through all the parking spaces. There was one year where we had like a lot of snow and a lot of ice. Mm-hmm. And I was literally walking there, man, it was the whole thing felt like it was a sheet of ice. Really? I was slipping a couple of times. I almost wow. slipped. There were other kids who had slipped. It was like it was really bad, but there was no other way to get to the other building. Oh, how interesting! Yeah, so that was that was not fun that day. I was kind yeah, like, of don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. But other than that, usually, I mean, every time I see ice on the floor, I feel like I gotta go put my foot on it. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I feel it. Now, speaking of people, we complain about the cold. We got uh, Monica Miller from Montana joining us this morning. Uh, good morning, Monica. What, what, what negative Always. number is that today? I mean, I, I don't know what today is, but I think like last week, I mean, you were talking like minus 22. Minus 22, With yeah. a wind chill of minus 50. Wow. That, that's the kind of that's the kind of weather where people like, they get like the buckets of water and then they throw it and then it freezes midair. I see, I see what happens. When it <laughs> exactly. It's true. It's true. And I know, um, in fact, I know um, the funny thing is though, I, I was thinking, you know, you don't do anything. Once that happens, I would, I was, I would just imagine. I mean, if I was out there in like thirty minus, 30, you wouldn't even get out of I bed. I would barely get out of bed, <laughs> let alone leave the house. And um, but I was hearing my in-laws out there. They were like, "No, everyone still went to the Walmart. That was yeah. full of people in minus thirty with with minus fifty. Exactly, with a nice deal. little walk. You know, maybe do a little hike. Yeah, brisk, a brisk exactly. walk. Yeah, we got uh, a couple of people joining us. Uh, Sabalam Wanda, thanks for joining us this morning. Bill McChesney. Thanks for watching the show this morning. So already uh, people tuning in. They must know that later in the show, we're going to be joined by Matias Young. It's the Matias big event, Realty. It's the big event. That's I why they're, they're watching already. Oh, they they know. putting me on the spot. Uh, yeah. They already know. So um, appreciate uh, we're going to have him on very shortly. Of course, thanks to Emergent Financial Services for presenting. Thanks to our great partners, Credit Series Insurance, Matias Young Realty, Castle Hill Cider, Forward Adelante. Thanks to Judah Behind the Camera, I Love Seville Network Set. Uh, appreciate it as always. Um, I know it's been a while since you and I. Yeah, and I know you wanted on. to talk about just briefly touch upon the UVA basketball team. I feel like every time you and I are on, we touch a little bit about yeah. UVA well, because sports. because we follow it and and just, just every, every year, just it feels like I don't know something's missing with every team. We're kind of like, oh, maybe this team will be better than last year's, and every year just doesn't a little seem bit, yeah, a little bit of disappointment. Mm-hmm. Just it's I, I just think. I mean, I don't know how you're feeling. I think part of the challenge we're having this year with this team is just, I think the the talent just isn't quite quite there. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you? How, I mean, how are you yeah. feeling? Yeah, I, 
In my opinion, I agree. I think the talent isn't what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But I also think I'm kind of starting to wonder whether the game of college basketball changed. That where it, there's more an emphasis on actually just having skill players and people mm-hmm. who can shoot threes. And I know Tony Bennett wants to kind of keep his defense first approach. But, I mean, it worked 10 years ago, but it just doesn't seem to be working yeah, lately. I mean, it, we're, we're not in a situation where we were 10 years ago where it's like, okay, we're constantly making the tournament. We're getting to the Sweet 16, mm-hmm. but we're not winning it. Okay, at that point, you just hope for a year like 2019 where it's like you get the right pieces and then things go your way and you make mm-hmm. a Final Four and maybe even win the championship. But yeah. right now, I mean, we're not even getting close. We're getting We're not beat. in tournament position right now. We're yeah. like the 10th team out or something. Yeah, and it's just the defense is good, but it's not great, and the offense is just terrible. I mean, it feels like I think a lot of people feel the same way. If it's not Beekman scoring, nobody else is really scoring yeah. for that team. Because they know other teams adjusted. They 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 know that outside of Beatman, our one great shooter is McNeely, and he's good from the three point line. But it's not he's not exactly done a run yeah. to the rim, and and you, you need, you need so they players just push yeah. off the line. You need players who can create their own shot. And yeah. I don't think UVA has a lot of that. And yeah, I just think at some point there's going to have to be an adjustment. Yeah, you know, from how UVA runs its team, because otherwise we're just going to be in the outside looking into the tournament for a while. Which, which sometimes you have to do. I mean, you and I were talking. Nick Saban from yeah. Alabama retired when he started at Alabama in college football, and same thing has kind of happened there. It became an off. It went from a defensive environment to a way mm-hmm. more offensive environment. When he started, his teams were routinely number one defense, number one defense, number one defense, number one defense. And number one wrong game, like that's all that's all that's all they cared about was having the big bodies in the defensive line. Basically, you can't run the ball against us. We we have the best running back and best offensive line. We'll just run the ball and we'll beat you seventeen, fourteen, nine out of ten times. Exactly. But you looked at his later teams where he was still winning championships. Offense, 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 offense. He just he realized what was happening and he switched. And you want to know what changed that? First of all, I think it was one Johnny Manziel. I know he was yeah. he wasn't great uh, regular season quarterback, but in college he was really good. I think he won the Heisman too. There were twice when I think he beat him, he just, and he yeah. just kept passing, passing. And Saban realized he's like, wait a second, yeah, I got this great defensive line, but they're running outside, they're throwing these deep balls. Our guys are getting beat, and and offensively Alabama just couldn't keep up. Yeah. And then I think also when they lost that college football playoff to Ohio. Ohio, Ohio State, State. Yes. I think that kind of Nick Saban took Ohio a step State back. Just and chucked said, the ball. I mean, they threw. They deep. just chucked the ball, ball on him, and I think he said, "Wait a second, I need to reevaluate how I'm going to build my team." Mm-hmm. Yeah, defense is still important, but I need to find a quarterback who can throw the ball deep. I need receivers who can catch the ball and run. I need to find an offense that can score. And now you look at Alabama. Heck, half the time they still have a great defense, but what's more important is their quarterback and how many points they're scoring. So I think, yeah, yeah it's, at some point as a coach, you, you, you may need to look and say, all right, what do I yeah. need to change? You know, even, even a national, I mean, what, Saban had what? Four national championships when he, had, when he decided to change. So it's not, exactly. as though, it's not as though the fact that you've been really successful, it's not an indictment of you that you have to change. It's just a recognition that the landscape around mm-hmm. may have changed. Yeah, I mean, because you look at UVA, I mean, in the past five years, our best team was the one that was the most offensive team, really. We've yeah. tried to go back to our defense first ways, but I just don't think it's working right now. And you don't want to UVA to get in a situation now where good players maybe aren't coming now because they're like, well, UVA is not good yeah. anymore. So, I mean, let's face it, we were in a pretty good position when, from a recruitment standpoint, when UNC and Duke, both their long-time oh, yeah. super-famous coaches Williams, retired. Yeah. But you don't want to get a scenario where now kids are still going to be like, well, you know what? I still want to pay, 
Well, UNC, UNC has jumped up to number four now in the country. Are they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, just you don't want to get that scenario where kids start all over again saying, mm-hmm. nah, nah, I don't want to go to Charlottesville. I want to go to yeah. Duke and UNC. Yeah, so it's a bit precarious right now. We just got to hope that, you know, the team can bounce back, maybe have a good, good showing a, a in good the ACC tournament. Yeah. I mean, if they win the ACC tournament, the they're automatically in, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. That's our hope. There you That's go. That's what we got to ACC tournament, which it's been a little while since we won that. 2018? Yeah, it's, it's been a while since we won that. It feels like since we won a, a tournament game, really. <laughs> what well, we haven't won a tournament game since 2019. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Since we won the, the, our last tur- NCAA tournament win was the national Ooh, championship. Man, game. that's a long time now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that, I think, yeah, that's definitely a, a telltale sign that we need mm-hmm. to uh, maybe change things Make up. Make some changes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know anything else in the. No, I think we talked enough basketball. Yeah. We, we, we should stop before we keep talking and then the whole show goes by. <laughs> <laughs> and then start to turn into a sports. Exactly. Well, it's just like one of our lunch or dinner conversations where it's like the, like the whole time goes by, we're just talking about one thing. Because then they have it, it seamlessly goes another thing. We'll be like, oh, it's also like the Cowboys, you know, they have to, and then suddenly next thing you know, you're talking about an entirely different subject exactly. for another half an hour. <laughs> it's just so true, so true. Uh, Monique just says, yeah, it's minus one in uh, Montana right now. Oh, that's a heat wave. It's that's a heat, a heat wave I mean, It's Montana. a tropical heat wave there. <laughs> there are a couple other people joining us. Uh, Dr. Elizabeth Erpe watching the show this morning. So she's... Uh, She's tuning in. I think I saw I saw another another gentleman here tuning in. Just trying to make sure I, I say I say the name right here. I, I spotted him, and then he, uh, he was disappeared on me. Was it Nicholas? Right? I'm sure Nicholas is uh, watching, watching too. Yeah, Nick, Nick is, uh, Nicholas. Uh, we, we were going to make fun of him. Now, now, we're now he can't do it because yeah. he's watching the show. Yeah, but we can transition to our awesome desk. I think that's 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 still be great. Is, which is always uh, <laughs> which is always a pleasure. So we're really excited. First time this year to welcome back to the show Matthias Yon from Matthias Yon Realty. Matthias, thanks for, yeah, for coming thanks on for this coming morning. Matthias, I'm excited to be here. And you just said the first time this year, but actually, it's. It's been like three months that I... It's been a little bit. Right? I took a break. A lot of live events that happened um, November and December. And now we're sitting here in the new year celebrating... And any good live events? (laughs) Yes. Thanks for asking. I wanted to talk to you. (laughs) No, I'm currently walking around. I want to tell the world what happened. (laughs) I'm a father. Congratulations. Thanks. That is very exciting. You, you can tell by the smile on my mm-hmm. face. Um, can't wipe it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, December 21st, um, after, after several weeks of delay, our little daughter, May, decided to join us. And uh, we are now proud parents. Wow. And it's our first child, so it's probably more emotional mm-hmm. than it will be the second time or third time around or seventh time around. By the um, tenth time, yeah. it's just, yeah, <laughs> another one. All right. well, what, you're joking, but my wife, she wants several children, mm. at least four, she says. Huh? But, and and I thought thing. leading yeah. up to, yeah. you know, to our first child, I thought, hmm, let's revisit this and, and, and see how her opinion on, on the, the number changes, mm-hmm. but she still wants four. Yeah. So. Well, because the job is usually easier for the man than the woman. <laughs> you know, it's very quick for the man, for the woman, it's nine months. <laughs> Absolutely. Monique just says, I'm, I'm, I think this is in German. She says, Herzlichen Glückwunsch. Yeah, danke, Monika. Herzlichen Glückwunsch. Yeah, it means 
Congratulations. Congratulations. That's right, constructed. I figured it was a, a German way of saying it. And, and it's a very nice phrase, but of course, when, when Americans try to pronounce it, it sounds very aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always noticed that, that with my wife, because you know, when I would get the little, when we visited Austria and I got the little German phrase book, every time I would try to like, say something, I'm like, oh man, this is like, such a harsh language. And then when I met my, my, my wife, when I met Elizabeth, she would speak German, I say a few words German, I'm like, oh, it sounds so like lovely and light. It doesn't sound like the <laughs> well, way I yeah, thought it did. Elizabeth also happens like when she speaks German, I don't know if you've noticed as I have, that her her voice tone goes a lot higher. Yeah. So of course that also makes it sound there because instead of being hello, it's like hello. Right? Exactly. So now it's going up an octave. Reminds <laughs> me of our aunt that she her voice is entirely different when you talk to her on, oh, the, on phone, the phone. You know, where she has just like mm-hmm. a normal voice, but then when you get to her voice, it goes, hello, this is Fran. And I'm like, wait a second, that doesn't sound like my aunt. <laughs> sure, it varies from person to person, mm-hmm. but it's, a lot of people say it just sounds harsher mm-hmm. as a language. And I remember when I was in, in college in, in Germany, I studied linguistics for a while, mm-hmm. and we had this joke going around about the word Butterfly, you know, butterfly. It sounds very poetic in English. In, in, in Spanish, mariposa, and then in German, schmetterling. And so, <laughs> quite the same. And in, in Germany, we don't often think about it. But um, since I'm here in the U.S., a lot of people, you know, joke about the how German sounds, mm-hmm. and um, I partially agree with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's may, maybe harder to woo people in Germany, you know? You look like a schmetterling or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it has its own uh, yeah. quality to it that's, uh, that's a little different. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it would sound much better if Monito was here saying mm-hmm. it in person than me doing it, well, but the uh, sentiment is there. That reminds us of Xavier. I know Alex knows this whole story that my dad would write every once in a while use Spanish words to describe my mom. And one time he called her a credenza. And my mom was beautiful like, sounding beautiful word. sounding word. She goes, oh my gosh, you know, what did he call me? This and that. So she goes to the dictionary and meant table. <laughs> but like, like just, just in my dad's poet mind, right? Yeah. He was like, the word just sounds beautiful. Beautiful. It sounds beautiful. <laughs> well, no, my mom was like, why did he call me a table? And, for, and <laughs> my, my mom tells a story about her and her mom, my grandmother, were there half an hour and were trying to think about why he called her a table. Like, just, did he insult her? I don't get it. Just, why it did he matter. say that? And my dad was probably didn't even think twice. Like, oh, it sounds good. So I'll call you a credenza. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. But we're so excited Thank you. you. Thank just, you. It must be a beautiful thing. I'll bet you it made the, the Christmas and the holidays just even more beautiful to be celebrating. I mean, I guess May got her first Christmas four days in. Yeah, Christmas, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you think about the, the timing, the pros and cons to being a Christmas mm-hmm. baby. Sure, everyone is already celebrating, and it's, it's the slow season, you mm-hmm. say, um, leading up to um, to, to the birth, I thought it's going to be slow in real estate in December. You know, I'm going to just enjoy being around my daughter because the due date was December 2nd, and that didn't happen. She was mm. delayed by almost three weeks. She just wanted to but, be close to Christmas. Yeah. But then I am not exaggerating. I was in the hospital with Martha Jefferson on the phone because of a real estate transaction. So mm-hmm. that the slowdown didn't happen, mm-hmm. um, and it depends whom you ask. Because in my mm-hmm. case, it, it was busy, and I'm very thankful about it. But mm-hmm. it shows again that things I plan, you know, in my personal life, don't mm-hmm. always work out mm-hmm. that way. Um, and then the difficulty of illnesses going around. 
yeah. you know, mm-hmm. around Christmas. So we, our pediatrician told us to, you know, to be careful and kind of distanced, yeah, you but to try to celebrate Christmas with family, which mm-hmm. um, we ended up doing, even though it was not the, the same experience, because we mm-hmm. did have to stay away from relatives, um, always in a different room and so on. Yeah. And... You can guess it. We all got sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a t- we were cautious, but still. Um, mm. First it was me, then my wife, and we thought our daughter will, you know, dodge the bullet, but then she she, she got a cold too, and it's just thing. always scary with yeah. a newborn. It's but all, yeah. no, everyone's healthy now, so. Oh, thank God. Yeah. It was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess her immune system is now right on the right track. <laughs> It's, you know, it's, right it's the true, farm. the holiday season, you just see it, you know, everybody, it's, it's hard to avoid getting sick <laughs> yeah. or getting something. I, I so. just feel like, I hate to sound like some sort of like crazy conspiracy theorist, but I just feel like sometimes the more you try to avoid it, the more it ends up feeling like it's happening, like it's going to happen. Like I just mm-hmm. feel, I, there's so many people in my family always like trying to take every precaution not to get sick, and then they get sick. And then other members of our family is like, I don't care if I get sick or not, and then they don't get sick. I don't know whether it's a mental thing or whatnot, but sometimes yeah. I just feel like you can't live in that fear. You just be like, you know what, it is what it is. I, I be cautious, but, you know, whatever happens, happens. I really can't control whether I get sick or not. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting because we, we not only have to learn to be parents, but we also learn about a lot about ourselves and yeah. how we handle life situations. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and having this, this baby, we had to really talk about you know, how do we want to socialize, yeah. or be around other people, and um, we're trying to find that balance between safetyism and, mm-hmm. and you know, just being cautious, mm-hmm. using mm-hmm. common sense when being around people. Um, it's, it's, it's new it's for me. Yeah, you know, it is. Every, every day again, I'm like, how do we prevent this baby from dying? And then exa- exaggerating mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, I'm learning well, about myself. Total that transformation. It's that you now have such a vulnerable responsibility. responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I've finally grown up. <laughs> and I'm not implying that those that don't have children are not grown up I, I had this conversation with my sister I made this comment and she says because she doesn't have children no, you're, so you're implying that I'm not mature and <laughs> just saying I'm looking at life differently it's different, yes mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, you're living your life for someone else maybe more so than when you're single more living for yourself So, speaking as a as a bachelor, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, I mean, speaking of the busyness, so I mean, December—it's true. I, I, a lot of people told me December was busier than they had expected, and I think, which it just—it brings to mind that I—I I know it. We often get asked this, right, when December, when January comes around, right? Mm-hmm. People have, I think, kind of this mindset, and I don't know if it's similar in real estate as it is in the financial markets, where. When January 1st comes, well, now it's a new year. Even though the market really doesn't, it's not like the market has a clock that, like, the stock market knows that it's December 31st and that's January 1st, and now it's like a reset. I mean, things, major things can happen on March 22nd mm-hmm. or September 31st, 30th. There is no 31st. 30th, right? But there's always this thing of, like, okay, what will happen in this year in the markets? But 
and sometimes I think what's kind of more helpful is maybe what what are things that people kind of got in their head, like, oh, it's a slow real estate market in 2023 that might not repeat in 2024. What are some things maybe that people should be aware of that, like, don't just assume that because this was the case last year, it's going to be the case this year also? Well, it's a lot about perception, I think, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to sit here today and make predictions because that's, that's just yeah, tricky just, to do. Exactly. But I think what we didn't have last year was this momentum. Mm-hmm. And that is certainly something we are, we are sensing right now that, that we see. Um, we, if you listen to, to the headlines, you know, we hear a lot about um, decreasing mortgage rates. That mm-hmm. has a huge impact on, on how confident people are about making that big move, that big decision. Well, moving to a different or relocating is mm-hmm. not necessarily linked to, to mortgage rates, but just the confidence level of, of purchasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what I mean with the momentum. We feel like not only because it's the new year and people have plans and resolutions mm-hmm. and are looking forward to, to the spring, it's, there's more confidence in and the real estate market right mm-hmm. now. And it's just also more feasible for most people to you know, um, accept that burden of, of a high monthly mortgage. Mm-hmm. And it's just more feasible moving forward. At, at least that's what we are sensing. And, mm-hmm. and you as financial advisors, please feel free to chime in if you think otherwise. But it's already going a little bit below 7% mm-hmm. right now. Um, very different than 8%. Oh, yes. Still not where we want to be, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's optimism. Mm-hmm. And again, that might be because it's a new year, it's a fresh start, people sense that, but we are looking with more optimism mm-hmm. into, into this year. Well, I would agree. I mean, even starting before the new year, I would say we've had, since, since interest rates touched 8, and mortgage rates touched 8, and then from the moment they started coming down from eight and it mm-hmm. was apparent that they might not go back to eight, mm-hmm. you know, it's in other words, they passed the point where it had been two, three, four weeks since they were at, had touched eight. We've definitely had more people that at least I would say at least three uh, clients or potential clients who have asked, have reached out to ask, okay, is this now a good time yeah. to buy? And I mean, when interest rates are eight, no one is asking that question. Unless you have to. Oh, yeah, right? Unless you have to, yeah. exactly. But I'm talking like people that were, are renting and considering the change from rent to own. Exactly. Right? Finally beginning to ask and saying, okay, is this, can we begin looking if this is possible for me? And mm-hmm. at eight, everyone just assumes impossible. I'm not, I'm not doing it. But the last couple months of the year, definitely a little bit more along the lines of, is this possible for me? It might not be, but is it possible that I could actually afford to, to own? And I, I think it just changes. I think direction has a lot more to do with mindset than the actual number. In other words, when, things, when rates were going up, people are like, oh, I'm going in the wrong direction. But mm-hmm. if rates are coming down, yeah. it's like, okay, I feel like it's going in the right direction. Speaking to a, to a friend of mine who was a loan officer last week, and he told me that, all of a sudden, he has people reaching out to him about refinancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think last year, he didn't have any of those, oh. or maybe one or two. Yeah. And 
And so that was an indicator for him that things are changing. Mm -hmm. And um, even though I think just at 7%, you know, maybe it still doesn't make sense to refinance, but um, it's How lower than I'd like to know what your current rate is if you're refinancing at 7 <laughs> Right. Absolutely. Have you noticed, so I, I mean, that's kind of the buyer side. Have you noticed any change in sentiment on the seller side? Because we, we had talked earlier um, about the fact that obviously 80% of homeowners in the United States yeah. are sitting on a mortgage rate of 4% or less mm -hmm. from the last time they, they did it. So have you noticed any change in sentiment about that of people who previously said, there's no way I'm selling because I have to get a new mortgage at eight to people saying, oh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. Yeah, I think generally speaking, um, the, the lower the rates, the more likely they're going to sell. Mm -hmm. And that's what we are all counting on. You know, the seller's incentive to, to sell is, is a big part of the conversation. Um, and so we are hoping that that will happen, but we also see, you know, people reaching out to us and at least discuss Discussing selling their mm -hmm. home or listing their home already. People are at least strategizing already. Mm -hmm. and, and all those are good signs for, you know, maybe a very active spring market. Mm -hmm. um, if, the, if the rates continue to drop, um, that will happen. Yeah. yeah. What do people typically do? I'm just curious because you said obviously December was, was busy even doing some transactions, but what, what do people typically do in, in your industry in that kind of January, February window when the, the spring market hasn't really, you know, become busy yet? They go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and um, things are a little bit different. Um, you know, you have those patterns in, in real estate or mm -hmm. let's call it the seasonality of of the market. You have a spring market and then people talk about a fall market as well. And then in between you have real estate transactions. It's just not considered the, the busy time. And then during the pandemic, those, those patterns uh, didn't, didn't exist mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And now in the aftermath of, of COVID, uh, we saw that in 22 and then last year as well, it was, it was not really predictable. Mm -hmm. um, it was just this, this, this constant, well, depending on which side you were, it was either good or bad, but um, there was less of a peak to be observed throughout the year. And this year seems to be similar because it's, it's a very strong January. No matter who you ask in the mm -hmm. industry, we are relatively busy uh, compared to beginning of the year, just mm -hmm. five or six years ago. It, it certainly is different. And while that is exciting, it also shows that we have to be careful with our predictions moving mm -hmm. forward. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, let's, let's blend out the noise a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, the sensational headlines, and, and, and focus on, on the facts. And it, it looks like right now we're having a, a strong start of 2024. It's always how interesting that happens. I mean, we, we talked about it all the time, and Xavier likes to say that for the like history um, doesn't repeat itself, it, it rhymes. Mm -hmm. So in other words, things which appear to be always the same are never quite the same. It, and it could be that, you know, for 20 years, you know, you had that a strong seasonality and then you might have a period where it's just not, it's just not there. There's, something has changed, which 
you, you could point to 10 different things and think that each one of them might be the factor that has changed it, but the result is that something has, has changed. And you might still see seasonality. It's not like seasonality yeah. goes mm-hmm. away and it's a flat line, right? But it's just it's different than it was before, even if it kind of resembles it. And I think what plays a role specifically in this year is that a lot of people are sensing that the, the third and fourth quarter of the year might not be as advantageous as the first two quarters mm. because of the elections. Mm-hmm. And again, it's more complex than that, and I'm not suggesting that lower interest rates are necessarily you know, linked to <laughs> the election mm-hmm. coming up. Um, but there are dynamics to consider, and um, I had several clients um, tell me that if they make a move, they want to make it you know, in the summer mm-hmm. or before the summer and probably not end of the year. And time will tell if that, if that holds. But it, it's certainly mm-hmm. interesting. And that's different to, to the previous years, of course, because we have the election coming up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, there's always uncertainty, I think. It's, I think people... We talk about this with business, mm-hmm. right? That businesses change their behavior when faced with uncertainty versus certainty. It often pops up when like, there's going to be a tax law change. When, it, when, let's say, there were several periods where like, tax cuts were going to sunset, and so they, Congress had to vote to reauthorize the tax cuts or else they would go up. You saw changes in business behavior mm-hmm. in the year prior to because they said, I don't know what the taxes are going to be next year. And anytime there's like a short-term scenario where businesses don't know what's going to happen, their behavior changes. You, you do things this year that you might have waited for. And I think individuals can sometimes be the same. In other words, they, they say there is an uncertainty factor that's going to play in to yeah. the last two quarters of this year and the first quarter of next year. I, need, I might need to change my ordinary behavior mm-hmm. because I don't want to be making major life changes in a period of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Right. So big decisions like buying a house or selling a house are not always only driven by interest rates, right? Mm-hmm. They are also emotionally driven. And so it's interesting to see how the psychology behind world events mm-hmm. we, we know about the the wars happening um, there's a lot of uncertainty that, that we all feel to a certain mm-hmm. degree and that has an impact on, on the decisions we make mm-hmm. uh, do you, you're financial advisors, do, do you talk about this a lot? How much does the war in, in Gaza and Israel for example influence people's decisions in your day to day work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you've seen it with, with the individuals as well. Yeah, it's just, it's funny how you talk about the psychological effect, and that's very true. Like, when you see how people decide whether they want to, you know, we've talked about it, like, save their money because mm-hmm. they're worried about something in the future, or they're like, no, I want to go big into this sector because they want to be predictive about what might happen. It's it's always tricky, and you always have to kind of try to balance the line between you don't want to just be so afraid of what the future might bring that you don't do anything, but at the same time, you also want to appreciate that people are nervous and uncertain. And like you said, elections are that. I mean, you no matter how the election, the outcome is, there's going to be two very different ways the country's going to go. Mm-hmm. 
and people need, are prepared. It's not like, well, it doesn't matter if this person wins or that person. No, it, it does matter to an extent. Mm-hmm. So you have to be prepared one way or the other. And that influences our decisions, whether it's investing or buy, even buying mm-hmm. a house. I don't know how Alex feels. Well, and, and world conditions is your, let's face it, they, they talk often in finance about the black swan. Like mm-hmm. what, is that, what is that thing that you can't know that is going to happen, that you can't foresee is going to change excuse me, the markets completely. And so I think people see, even though like, it's, it's funny, the definition of the black swan, of course, is that you can't know what it is. You don't know that it's going to right. happen. But just like people have always tried to predict when the apocalypse is going to happen, people are always saying, well, that, that war is going to be the black swan, or that war plus this mm-hmm. thing happening in Europe plus China you put them all together, there's your black swan and it's going to make the market crash, right? So it's, it's like Michael said, it's balancing that concern and saying, okay, what can we do to be more cautious mm-hmm. while also saying you, at the same time, you cannot forego being involved. You can't just put all your money under the pillow because if the black swan doesn't happen, then you just lost out on, in mm-hmm. other words, it, People are always afraid. You sit there and say, I don't want to lose 20%. Right? I don't want to have a, a minus 20%. But in reality, that is rather similar to losing out on a plus 20% that you've mm-hmm. lost. Right. The same round. And we've done studies that show um, over a 20-year period, if you miss out, like if you, are, if you were not invested on like the 10 best days of the market – like you just happened to miss. You sold all you your money and you happened to miss yeah. these 10, only 10 days. Your return, your annual return drops by around 3%. It, it, it went from like in S&P 500, 13% a year to 10% a year. And sometimes even more drastic than that. Yeah, yeah this, if you go for more days. But, and all you did was miss 10 days. All you did mm-hmm. was say, I missed out on the 10 top days. I was there for all the others, but I missed out on 10 days. And it changes dramatically. Well, speaking of Black Swan, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I mean, look at you could look at 2022. How bad a year was that for the market? And we also had two straight um, GDP uh, negative, negative numbers, negative quarters. Exactly. And then what happens? Your your mind could have been like, oh, 2023 is going to be bad. I mean, like 2022 is bad. 22 might be worse. And in the end, 2023 ended up great for the market. It must have been up. What was it? Maybe 22 percent for the year. And. You can't, you can't sit there and try to be predictive. Mm-hmm. You can be cautious, but you can't I mean, If overreact. I told you at the beginning of 2020 that there's going to be a complete global pandemic <laughs> and the government will literally tell businesses to shut down, would you have predicted that the, stock, that the tech sector would like blow up and your stock market return from the bottom, yeah. from mm-hmm. the day the pandemic started in, in the middle of March through the end of the year would have... The implications, yeah. Exactly. That's interesting. You would have said, oh, the stock market, I, I, I'm going to sell everything. Mm-hmm. And if you had, you would have lost out on a massive return between March yeah. and December of that year. So it's just you, these things you have to, like you said, it's balancing the behavior with the fact that you, at the same time you want to, if your client is concerned about their personal circumstances, you, you take that into account and you maybe adjust the portfolio mm-hmm. to be less mm-hmm. risky. And it's probably, I would imagine, similar. In other words, you're, if your client is nervous, you're, you may still say, don't let that make you not buy or not sell, but 
maybe there are things you can talk about to make that a less stressful process. Mm-hmm. I've also observed that the the reaction to world events or interest rates um, they vary between the generations. Mm-hmm. Like we all in a similar age bracket, right? Well, you are slightly below 30, I think, but mm-hmm. we are in our 30s. And mm-hmm. when we hear of 8% interest rates, we think that is sky high, right? And not to downplay wars happening on a, on a world level, but we perceive them as catastrophic as mm-hmm. well, right? And, and so when, when I speak to, to older people, um, historically speaking, they say the 8% are not as bad as the 18 that they had mm-hmm. in, in the 80s, right? Exactly. So it's, it's, it's more relative to them. Um, so I wonder what your father, who has been in the financial sector for decades... <laughs> he says you know, that. He knows, yeah, his first home. His, the mortgage rate on his first home was 15 and three quarters <laughs> percent. Mm-hmm. And it's just... So he just smiles when he hears the, the exactly. headlines now. Exactly. Well, I think about it. In, at that time, not only are you sitting there with 15 three quarters percent, but you have to remember, I mean, in, in, in children's school, you would have the what to do in the event of a nuclear strike because the Soviet Union mm-hmm. was still around in, mm-hmm. in the early, in 1979, 1980. So, I mean... It's true, we sit here and not to downplay the wars that, that are out there, but there is no Soviet Union. Yeah. Well, older co- generations grew up in the Cold War, which exactly. is far is more no dangerous than anything we have now. A yeah, we massive nuclear that. war with a superpower, right? It's, it's just not, it's a different mm-hmm. world. I will say that what he says that's different, which I think played into a lot of that perspective now, he said, when the last time we saw interest rates at, say, 7, 8, right, he said they had been coming down from 15. So you, you, you saw, he said, you kind of had this element of optimism, like, yes, interest rates were 7 or 8 in you know, the early 80s, mid to late 80s, but they had been coming down from 15, so people kind of had this sense of optimism and they had this sense of, okay, I this is now my time to enter. Whereas mm-hmm. when we saw six, seven this time, they had been coming up from zero. So there was this sense of, oh my goodness, this is awful. I was at zero or my last, well, I mean, mortgages never hit zero, but like yeah. the, the base rate, the discount rate at the Fed had been zero. And I mean, we have clients that are sitting there like two and three quarters percent mortgages. And now they're sitting, <laughs> now they're seeing six. It's, a, it's, oh my goodness, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. And so maybe this year what we're seeing is kind of that back to that 80s vibe. In other words, yes, is, five, is six and a half and the potential for five and a half, is five and a half much higher than two and, two and three quarters? Yes. But five and a half doesn't look so bad when we were at eight in October. So you, it, it, that kind of direction may resemble that late 80s field again to say, okay, yes, interest rates are still high relative to 2010, right? The 2010s. Yeah. But they're not as high as what I just saw four months ago. <laughs> and it's a different scenario. It shows, again, it's, it's, it's always about perception and perspective, mm-hmm. right? And, and that reminds me of something I've been thinking about recently. And 
sure, we all have our resolutions for the new year, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I, I sat down with my wife and we talked about how, you know, what we want to do differently in the, in the new year mm -hmm. and how maybe our values have changed. Mm -hmm. We just like to write things down at the end of the year on, on December 31st and then take those notes out again the next year and mm -hmm. to see how plans have changed or you know our values might have differed and and obviously with becoming parents a lot of changes um, mm -hmm. absolutely came with that but it also showed me um my perspective now it doesn't hurt to to sometimes reevaluate a little bit mm -hmm. because i noticed something interesting i think it was last week there was a newspaper article uh, in the daily progress about the the owners, the family behind Arepas. Mm. Arepas on wheels. Yes. Do you remember? It was mm -hmm. early of, of the year. There was this really nice newspaper article about them um, where they interviewed them as well. And they talked about their journey, how they left Venezuela and came here. And actually, they, they quoted them in that article. And it, I think it was her, the mother, who said that Charlesville is a noble town. I can't forget that quote. It's a noble town. And then she went on to talk about how friendly and nice the people mm -hmm. are and how it's the perfect place to raise a family. And sure, we always talk about how Charlesville is a great place. We, we know that. We believe in that. Um, but, and here's the but, you know, this year it's going to be 10 years Ten years ago that I moved from Munich, Germany here to Charlesville. And I noticed, and that, that's what I'm referring to that with that perspective and, and mindset change, that I've become complacent too. You know, I find myself complaining a lot mm -hmm. about what's happening on this local level, this, this microcosmos that we have here in, in central Virginia. And... Sure, we all know. We just have to go on Facebook or Reddit uh, to read the, the really negative um, quotes and, and opinions, and it gets really controversial, and it gets toxic sometimes. And, you know, I'm guilty of that too sometimes. I complain about the city council, mm -hmm. right? We, we complain about things that affect us on yeah. a daily basis. And it's worth remembering fortunate we are too mm. right and that that family moving here from venezuela just reminding us Reminds of us, what yes. a great town and what a great society we live mm -hmm. in you know beyond all the problems that we are facing we we all have have struggles and and, and the city of charles will certainly has struggles too huh? challenges that we face but it was for me at least a reminder to you know perspective mm -hmm. You can, I think it's, it's reminding you that you can work to make things better while still being grateful for right. what we have. Right. Our father says it about mm -hmm. the country as a whole all the time. It's like, yes, there's something, you know, there's, it doesn't mean that there aren't, there aren't things to improve in America, right? But he's like, I, he came from communist Cuba, right? And it's like, you have it, we have it so good here. Mm -hmm. You know, compared to where so many people in the world have to grow well, you up. Can, you can work to change your communities mm -hmm. here. And in places like Cuba and Venezuela, you can't. It is what it that. is. You can't do anything about it. So it's just, it's a, yeah, you have to be 
grateful while while working to help fix the problems but mm-hmm. to also like step back like you said mm-hmm. and sometimes it takes that it takes reading someone who came from some struggle to be like yes you know what i i'm lucky i'm lucky to be here right now to be in in charlottesville and to be to mm-hmm. be where we are because not everyone is as fortunate it sounds cheesy but isn't that a nice transition into you know talking about 2024 mm-hmm. it is <laughs> yeah. in, in our area it is it's it's, it's the kind of thing you, you kind of need to be reminded of going into a new year. So there's a great quote from G.J. Um, Chesterton, a British mm-hmm. writer uh, from the early 1900s, and he said that the new year is, it's not about the opportunity for the calendar, it's about the opportunity for a new you, to, to see things in a new way and to improve yourself, right? to have a new soul, because the calendar changing doesn't mean as much as to have you improved as a person and do you maybe see things in a new way you know and certainly having a having a beautiful baby girl <laughs> changes the way you see the world um so let me ask you this we all have made new year's resolutions before that usually focus on working out and mm-hmm. signing up for the gym and so on but what are your plans or goals for this year pick one michael Uh, you put me on the spot here, Matthias. I, I, my New Year's resolution was not to have any. This way, none of them can not come true. <laughs> Does that count? That's the cynical. I think it's lame. But I oh, accept come it. on. <laughs> I don't know. I, I come put me on the spot. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I'd have to. I'd have to think about. I'd have to give it a little more thought. I wouldn't want to give out a bad answer and just something mm. cheesy. For me, I try to focus. This year, I've tried to focus, and I can't really say it's a, it's a new, it's, it's something that I just decided on in January. Mm-hmm. It's more towards the end of last year, I began to think that just making sure that in this um, kind of very technological age that I take the time to actually engage in more like, creative things away from the phone and the internet. So mm-hmm. I realized... Okay. Because when I moved into a small apartment last year after getting married, um, really my time reading, playing the piano, writing, very much like kind of fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Right? And some of it was just busyness. I mean, marriage, getting, uh, moving to an apartment, then buying a house and doing all these things, right? And so you just, the, the busyness keeps you there. But then I also noticed that in those times in which I wasn't busy, you kind of your body just wants to say, well, let me do something mindless like watch TV or click the internet. Oh, or social watch media, videos. right? Mm-hmm. You know, social media. I mean, it's I. It's probably not good for today, Mariana, that I don't have Instagram on my phone anymore. But it's been better for me, <laughs> you know. I, but uh, but I think this year, kind of at, towards the end of the year and going into this year, I, I said I want to make time, particularly either in the morning or in the evening. To say, all right, rather than going straight to TV or internet, let me begin to do those things which I know I loved to do, but which I've fallen away from a little bit. Of, mm-hmm. Like reading an actual book and writing and actually playing in my instrument that I, that I love. Because sometimes it's easy, because they take a little more mm-hmm. work and mental capacity, and it's easy to just be sucked into the internet, which requires no mental effort. Yeah. But once I do it, I enjoy it. Once I begin, I enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of working towards that. I can't say it's a January thing, but it's kind of where I would like to grow in the, 
in the new year? I think it will be good for, for mental health reasons too, mm -hmm. right? There are more and more studies showing the detrimental impact on your mental health, um, you know, spending hours on TikTok, mm -hmm. for no, example. No, not. Absolutely. And so better use of time. I think that that's a really good plan. Mm -hmm. um, what, is, what was yours yeah, while, while Michael thinks of his? <laughs> you know, being a father mm -hmm. makes me wonder that. Um, how, how can I use my time better? Mm -hmm. you know, and, and how, do I, how do I balance work and, and, and personal life? Mm -hmm. And I don't think I've been doing a very good job um, balancing this in the past. Um, I, sure, I, I work in the office all day, but then I still take work home. Mm. And I find myself checking emails at, you know, 8 p.m. And do I really need to do that? You know, would it be healthier? Now that I have another reason at home, my, my baby, um, not only my wife, my baby there too, to, to find a better balance. And so that, that's my goal for this year, to, to improve um, the separation of those two things, mm -hmm. you know, to, to be more present mentally and away from work and that's that's challenging but um we need we need goals to work mm -hmm. on right and so that's that's the one for me yeah it makes a lot of sense so. i mean I've, I've read it's it's funny maybe just being entrepreneurs mm -hmm. as we are in all in a sense right you 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 do want to be there for your clients all the time right, right. and you, you, there's that pressure to like i'm I'm more competitive than the next time because I'm there for you and mm -hmm. I will answer this email in 30 minutes and I will answer the phone at lunchtime, right? But I'll never forget, I call, you call your doctor who's probably, I mean, if you're calling the doctor, it's important, right? You, 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 or your doctor is probably even more important than your financial advisor or your real estate agent, your health. Definitely. You call the doctor and it's 1230 and I don't know about yours, but I, I told my doctor, they're on lunch break. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, he'll call you back when he gets back. And it might not be, it probably won't be today. Right? And if it's an and emergency... We, and we accept it, the, too. And we accept it because we right. say, oh, it's important, but yeah, he, he needs his, his lunch break. Yeah. Right? And so, but it's... In a way, that it, I think there's a pressure as an entrepreneur to not do that as well. But yeah. in reality, there are times when you can be a better... You can serve your clients better if you aren't worn out by checking their emails at 8 p.m. It's, yeah. it's, it's finding that balance of like being there for your clients but also making sure that, you're, that you, have these, you have your own life too. You're not a slave to them. And yeah, it's difficult. I pride myself to, to be good at communicating. Mm -hmm. and, and as you said, that's, that's our job. Maybe it's one of the main aspects of what we do as entrepreneurs is mm -hmm. to be available um, to answer questions and to be great at communicating. But where, where is the cutoff line? You know, what time is acceptable to, to not answer to the email mm -hmm. anymore? And um, I don't have the answer yet, but um, I'll have to find out. So that's, that's my resolution. But it, it sounds like we all have similar aspirations for 2024. <laughs> I think Good. so. I think so. But I, I'm, I'm looking forward. I think it's, you know, you have to go into it with a positive, as you are, like a positive aspect. These are, these are good things that can happen. And yes, there's going to be challenges, but you can't worry about them. You can't let it affect you in a negative way. 
That was a nice closing statement. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been good. I've had, I always enjoy these conversations. It's just... We, we talk about so many different yeah, things. Yeah, with Matthias, you even just go beyond just the business part yeah. of it, just the mental part. And I enjoy just kind of like the entrepreneurial side, but also just kind of, I don't know, a relaxing mm -hmm. time to just talk about our thoughts and our feelings. It's almost like a psychiatric session a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so It's our, Maybe. Yeah, our monthly meeting with Matthias. It's like the therapy. Therapy, there you go. <laughs> It's, it's the weekly group session. Exactly, know? exactly. But why is there a camera? That's not appropriate <laughs> yeah. therapy session. Judah's kind of like our therapist. He's like taking notes yeah. on everything we say. So, okay, this, this was a little story. concerning. We're going to have to check back on that. Why did Michael not have a good answer to that uh -oh. question? <laughs> uh, but we got a couple, and we still have people joining us. Uh, Howard Gorton, thanks for watching. Griff Shawsey, thank you for, uh, for joining us this morning. Uh, Lucrecia Morales, uh, right here, uh, sombreros on the downtown mall, uh, like in the like in the post. Appreciate that. Really appreciate everyone who uh, who tuned in uh, this morning. Really appreciate having you on. It's yeah. always it's always a pleasure. And re remind us, obviously, it's been a little bit. Remind the um, the viewers if they are if you know they are seeing things change or they're like, okay, I really do need to reach out to to a realtor to, to talk about that. What's the best way to, to get in touch with you? Um, best way would be just to, to text me um, or send me an email. Call me. Most people prefer email or text. And um, let's just have a conversation, right? It, it requires a lot of discussion and planning and strategizing. Mm -hmm. But that's what we're here for. So I look forward to that. And, and I will um, say from personal experience that it's good... It's always good to talk even if you're, you're not immediate, right? If you're not saying, okay, I want to put my house for sale next week. It's right. still good to right. talk mm -hmm. to someone like you to just begin to that strategizing and understanding what goes into it. It's not as though you have to be like, okay, I'm ready to buy it tomorrow. Let me pick up a phone and call a realtor. You, know, it's, it, you can do it even if you're like, I, this may be something I'm thinking about in the next month or so. Right. So oftentimes those those phone calls come with a sense of you know urgency mm -hmm. um and and it's emotional for for most people but um i think it's it's our job um as professionals to take the rush the hurry out of the situation a little bit and just make it a smooth experience and also tell people that you know we might want to start talking about it right now, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that we have to take action tomorrow already. You know, it's just starting a conversation, and that's what I believe in. Exactly, completely. Mm -hmm. well, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks. And so likewise, much for, thanks for so much for having me. Always good. It's mm -hmm. always great to to have you on. That's week's gonna have some more uh, great guests. Who's on? Alex? Joined by. Um, Ben Bettler from Creambrook Farm is going to come on, as oh. well as Jesse Bellavance from Killer BG. It's like, um, it's things that you use for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's like the, the, the uh, apparel and the things you need to actually do it. So uh, be pretty uh, So maybe Jesse can bring some stuff. You put on Xavier and, and we get <laughs> you to put the camera in the thing and he tries out some moves. 
No? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We still have a Dan and Xavier to dance, so we'll see if uh, we can actually get him to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu live on air. Um, so that, that'll be a, a tricky one. But um, appreciate being here no. with Thank you. Thank you for having me, Alex. It's a great show. You know, you did say maybe one of our New Year's resolutions is to have lots of shows with you, there you go. myself and enjoyable ones. And if we keep having uh, Matias on, then that'll, we mm-hmm. know that'll be the case. Absolutely. <laughs> we know we'll have some uh, enjoyable and, and shows that really just we learned a lot and Mm-hmm. Have a great time. So really appreciate it. Really appreciate everyone who tuned in and watched this morning. We had, I think I, I think I also saw someone from as far as like, we had from New York all the way across to Montana joining us this morning. So we had we spanned we covered, almost the entire U.S. We spanned the U.S. this morning. So it's been uh, really appreciate all of you for tuning in. Thank you all so much. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you, Judah. Behind the camera, making us look good. Thank you, uh, I Love Seville Network. Thanks to Emergent Financial Services, Matias Young Realty, Castle Hill Cider, Craddock Serious Insurance. Thank you all. We look forward to seeing you next week. But until that time, as we like to close it out, hasta mañana.